Hey guys, just a quick update about the book. Volume 1 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable is now available on all major ebook platforms, and the print version will be following shortly. If you've been wanting to read a physical copy of a DTF, the long wait is now over. Check out the link to the website in the show notes. Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In this episode, we really get the ball rolling with both chapters 1 and 2 being read. So let's dive in. Seb realized it and didn't like it. He wanted to play with the other village children instead, but he needed to get a job. The winter was making it too hard for him not to. His widowed mother worked as much as she possibly could as a seamstress, mending villagers' frayed clothes. It wasn't enough. Seb covered his bright red ears. Their little wooden house was freezing. They had to move out of their old stone house after his father died. Seb trudged out of the house, through the snow. The village was bustling and noisy. Other children, unlike him, were running through the streets screaming gleefully. Busy adults passed him by. The dull crunch of snow underfoot was mind-numbing. The boy slid the large wooden door of the forge aside and was hit by a wall of warmth. The fiery glow of embers and molten steel made his skin prickle and thaw. Seb walked carefully over to the laboring blacksmith, attempting to avoid anything that might burn him. Matthias, Sebastian shouted over the pounding. Matthias looked over his shoulder and grinned. Is that you, Sebastian? Yep. What can I help you with, my boy? The smith stepped away from the orange glow of the fiery pit. Well, I need a job. Matthias chuckled at the boy's straightforwardness. How old are you, Seb? Eight and a half. Seb held his head high and set his shoulders back. Amusement twinkled in Matthias's eyes. Eight and a half, eh? Here, hold this. Matthias handed Sebastian an iron sledgehammer. Seb went down like a rock. Come back when you're a bit older, lad. We'll see about a job then. Oh, okay. Sebastian shuffled his feet. But I kind of need a job now. The smith exhaled deeply and scratched his short black hair. It had been a little more than a year since his closest friend's passing, and he knew things weren't easy for Seb and his mother. Here's what we'll do. Matthias folded his thick arms across his chest. I'll have you run errands for me and help me out here and there around the forge. And once you're a bit older, we'll see about you apprenticing. It was the least he could do for his friend's only child. Really? I won't let you down, Uncle Matthias. Seb smiled with an air of determination. And here, the smith rummaged through the back pocket of his pants and pulled out several silver coins. Your first errand. Run and grab two loaves of bread. One for me, and one for your mom. Okay. Sebastian accepted the coins and dashed through the building, eager to please his new boss. No running in the forge, Matthias called after him worriedly. As the brown-haired boy ran through the town of Deep Creek, he held his head high. 
He noticed two or three of his friends with their parents and the smiles on their faces. Their town was small and quiet, and it was rare that anything exciting happened there. As one of the country's most southern towns, it wasn't used as a trading hub, nor was it a busy spot for travelers. The people of Deep Creek were artisans and specialists, taking their wares to trading towns and ports. Seb's strides faltered as he caught a glimpse of her. Fauna. Her auburn hair fell to the mid of her back, straight and shining in the sunlight. Up close, her eyes were smoky gray, with a wisdom reflected in them far beyond her years. She was one of Sebastian's closest friends, even though she was a girl. They'd been friends for as long as he could remember, but lately his other friends had been teasing them. At some point, Seb may have let it slip to his friends that he had a crush on her. Who wouldn't? Friendly, pretty, smart, and there was also the sun-kissed freckles over the bridge of her nose that had to be considered. Sebastian caught her eye, and she waved from across the street with a cheerful smile. He waved back, feeling his little chest pound. Fauna's father noticed him and frowned, guiding her into the nearby butcher's shop. Seb scarcely had time to acknowledge the twinge in his chest, because the scent of freshly baked bread quickly distracted him. He pulled open the window door and ran up to the counter eagerly. Well, hello, Seb. We haven't seen you in here for a while, the baker said while removing a fresh pan of bread from the stone oven. Uh, no. Seb felt the heat rise to his cheeks. I've been pretty busy. Have you now? The baker grinned to his wife as she packaged cooled buns. May I have two loaves of bread, please? Seb placed two silver coins on the wooden counter. You bet, buddy. The jovial man slipped fresh loaves into brown paper bags. Anything else for you? Brightly colored sugar cookies had caught the boy's eye on the way in. He pondered thoughtfully and chose a tulip-shaped cookie. He rummaged through his pocket for his allowance money. Just a few bronze coins. Here, I'll give you the exact change for that. He handed him the coins and the banker, baker grinned again. You're a good kid, Seb. My 12-year-old isn't as mature as you. His wife laughed and Seb wondered why being mature made him a good kid. After all, he was simply being himself. Do you want the cookie in a bag, sweetheart? The baker's wife asked kindly. No, thank you. Seb took the loaves of bread and the flower-shaped treat and ran out of the store. Just across the way, Fauna slipped out of the butcher shop. Her face lit up as Seb dashed through the street to her. Here. He handed her the cookie and ran off as quickly as he came. The young girl gazed at the tulip cookie with its sweet red icing. Gardening was just about her favorite thing in the world. That and spending time with the boy who had given her the dessert. It didn't take long for Sebastian to realize that being an errand boy wasn't enough to help support his mother's income. After asking around town, he found that the butcher was willing to accept fresh game and would give a cut of the profit to the hunters. The boy asked his friends if they would like to join him on his first hunt, or rather, his first hunt without his father. The band of boys ran through the snow into the Vergolta forest to the north of Deep Creek. The trees were barren and the woods were silent on the bright, sunny day. Listen, mate, do you really think we're going to find anything? Asked a blonde-haired boy named Tristan. Sebastian shrugged. Why are we out here hunting anyway? 
because Seb's father can't hunt for them anymore. Axon, the tallest and perhaps most simple of the group, replied. A brown-haired, blue-eyed boy named Crise elbowed Axon in the ribs. Don't worry about it. We'll help you, Seb. Crise was Sebastian's closest friend. Thanks. I've brought a couple of my dad's old traps, because otherwise we'll never catch anything. Seb grinned. I don't know, Seb. I'm pretty skilled with a bow. Tristan tugged on the sinuous thread of his bow, and the cord suddenly snapped his fingers. Yeah, right. If you're skilled with a bow, then I'm legendary, Elon beamed. He was too cocky for his own good, but he usually meant well. If we're going to catch anything, you guys need to quiet down. You're scaring away the game, Sebastian hissed. The boys grumbled their apologies. They trampled through the woods as quietly as a group of children could, and ended up with nothing but a measly rabbit caught in one of Seb's snares by the end of the day. The sky turned gray, and the snow started falling in big, joyous flakes. Outside of the butcher shop, the boys went their separate ways. Good luck, Seb. His best friend gave him a pat on the shoulder before running off. I'm gonna need it, Seb sighed to himself. He pushed open the door and cautiously approached the tall counter. Who is it? Someone called from the back. It's just about closing time, you know. A large lady bustled out of the back of the store. Her cheeks were permanently flushed red in color, and her hair was slightly askew. Oh, you're... You're Spirian Maria's son, aren't you? Seb nodded meekly. The woman's apron was covered in a spray of bright pink from blood being washed out of it too many times. I've heard you're willing to offer a cut of the profit from fresh game. The boy held his little rabbit up by its long feet. I caught him today. The butcher wiped her hands on the stained apron. We are looking for fresh game, but that's too small, I'm afraid. Sebastian hung his head. He knew it. But I can't skin it for you if you'd like to take it home. She offered the disappointed boy. Really? It'll only take a moment. Free of charge as long as you promise to bring in more game. Sebastian nodded gratefully and passed her the wee rabbit. The boy kicked off his boots on the doorframe outside of his house and shivered. Night had fallen swiftly and brought a winter chill with it. He stepped inside, greeted by the warm glow of the fire from the hearth and his mother's smile. I brought dinner. There you are. I was beginning to worry. His mother hurried over from the kitchen counter. She took the bundle of thick parchment paper from her son and unwrapped it. How did you pay for this? Sebastian took off his boots and winter wear and ruffled his hat hair. I hunted it. Hunted isn't a word, sweetheart. Did you use your father's traps? The boy nodded. I left them out with a little bait. Hopefully I'll have something caught in one tomorrow. I've got to deal with the butcher. Maria laughed and lovingly kissed her son's head. Well done, Sebby. You're such a responsible young man. Sebastian smiled with pride and sidled up next to the fire. This is where chapter one ends. In this episode, though, I'm also going to read chapter two because chapter one and two are fairly short compared to the other chapters. So without further ado, here's chapter number two. 
Two years flew by in the blink of an eye, and Seb had been begging Matthias to let him start his apprenticeship. The blacksmith was hesitant, as smithing was dangerous, and Seb was still so young. Nevertheless, it would be the first thing the boy mentioned when he arrived at the forge each morning. Maria touched her son's shoulder. Seb? The boy grunted in his sleep and turned away. Sebastian! Seb propped himself up on his elbows and yawned. What? Is something the matter? There was a banging noise out behind the house. I think it's that raccoon again. Okay. He sank back down onto his bed and pulled the rough wool blankets up to his nose. Seb, go check on it. But... And get more firewood too, please. Sebastian groaned as his mother left the tiny room. He threw off the heavy blankets and placed his bare feet on the cool wooden floorboards. From the pale light outside, he could tell that dawn was fast approaching. And he would have had to get up shortly anyway. He dressed, grabbed his bow and quiver, and reluctantly stepped outside. Seb was growing rapidly, having hit a growth spurt earlier in the year. He must have looked at least two years older to those who didn't know him, with his unusually tall physique and wise, honey-brown eyes. He walked around the side of the house by the dim morning light, his bow drawn and an arrow knocked. Another loud bang sounded, and Seb caught a flash of something small moving before releasing his arrow. He slung his bow across his back and approached the animal, a well-fed raccoon with an arrow through its side. Seb determined that the coon had been trying to climb up a piece of sheet metal to reach an enclosed compost bin. He wrenched out the arrow and sighed with relief. I'm glad you weren't a cat. He picked up the gray animal by its tail and grabbed a few more logs for his mother. Sebastian took the plump raccoon to the butcher before heading to the forge. He's nice and fat. He'll sell well, Seb asked hopefully. The butcher shrugged. People don't normally like raccoon. Give me a few days to try and get rid of him. If he sells, you'll get a quarter of the final price. Seb closed the store's front door, grumbling under his breath. The early summer air was warm and welcome as he walked to the forge. As soon as he stepped inside, he went up to Matthias and said, I'd like to start apprenticing now. Matthias sighed and faced the boy. To the muscular blacksmith, Seb was still scrawny and far too young, but he had been patient and watching Matthias craft for the past two years without complaint. He went to start speaking, but Seb beat him to it. I know I'm still young, and you don't think I'm ready, but give me a chance. I'll try as hard as I can and do whatever you tell me. Seb. The mentor put a hand on the boy's shoulder. I was going to say, let's start you off slow. Seb's eyes widened. Then, yes, you can start apprenticing. The smith finally gave in, but no heavy lifting or anything of the sort for a couple of years. I'll do the metalworking and you can do the prep work and put the finishing touches on pieces. All right, Seb beamed, eager to put his observations to practice. And so Seb began his apprenticeship, honing weapons on the grindstone, tending to the forge's fire, and finishing the bindings Matthias had set on hilts and saddles. The other children started spending more time with Sebastian at the town schoolhouse. Not only did the girls think he was cute, but the boys thought it was pretty cool that he could make weapons. 
As such, Seb always had someone to play with when he was free from work and hunting. One day, he and his friends and some other children from school headed towards the fields south of town. The summer breeze pushed the sea of grass, making it shine as it waved to and fro. Hey, look! One of the boys shouted and pointed to the sky. The kids shielded their eyes against the sun and saw a giant dragon fly high above them. As it flew further away, they could see a human riding on its back. The children oohed and awed, and Elon rose his voice. Let's play tamer and bandits. The other children shouted in agreement and asked who would be the tamer. One of them would start as the sole tamer and tag the other children, or bandits, and convert them into tamers as well. Let's make it Seb, Elon decided for the group. The children began to scatter immediately and Sebastian groaned. Why is it always me? If we let you be a bandit, you'll never get caught, Elon called over his shoulder as he ran into the long grass. It isn't so bad, Seb, Creasy said next to him. Fawn is playing today. The boy felt his heart thud as he was left alone on the edge of the field. Somewhere in the waving sea of grass was his crush. All right, I'm coming, he yelled, warning the other children that the game was starting. He dashed along the paths of freshly crushed grass. One of them led to Fauna. He could care less about where the other paths led to. He spotted a girl in a yellow dress and raced after her, tagging her and changing her over to a tamer. There wasn't a kid among them who could outrun the blacksmith's apprentice, not even Axon with his lanky legs. Where could she be? Seb even ran so far as the edge of the field, where it gave way to the creek the town was named after. He charged back into the long grass, the vibrant green stalks leaving itchy red cuts on his bare arms. He spotted someone up ahead. Whoever it was heard him coming, but didn't run away. Seb rushed to the trumpled patch of grass and slowed as he realized it was her. Fauna turned to him. The floral design on the hem of her navy blue dress caught his eye. Got you, he said shyly, touching her shoulder softly. The girl blushed and raised her gray eyes to meet his. She was about to speak when Tristan shouted from the edge of the field, I think that's everyone. If you're a tamer, come to me. Seb looked over to where Tristan was calling, and as he turned his head back to Fauna, she pressed her lips against his in a fleeting kiss. Her cheeks were bright red as she started to run toward the other children. Come on, Seb, she called to him. Boy stood dumbstruck. It was his first, and certainly not his last, kiss from Fauna Bine. On a quiet Sunday evening, Seb sat at home with his mother. He had been at work that morning and playing all afternoon. The mother and son sat peacefully while she sewed buttons onto the cuff of a shirt, and Seb read to himself. I'm so proud of you. Maria cut the silence, pushing her cascading dark brown hair over her shoulder. You've been working so hard for Matthias. Yep, Seb mumbled, engrossed in his book. Do you like him? She asked suddenly. Sebastian looked up, startled by the random question. Of course I do. Uncle Matthias is nice. He babies me too much, though. Maria smiled softly and Seb asked, Why? The beautiful woman rocked her chair gently and shook her head. It was just a question and Seb thought no more of it.
Several weeks later, Seb called out to his boss at the end of his shift. Hey, want to come over for dinner tonight? Grammy Blacksmith wiped sweat from his brow and straightened his back as he plunged white-hot metal into a bucket of water. Is it all right with your mom? Sebastian shrugged. Yeah, she was the one who wanted me to ask you. Matthias nodded and removed the metal from the water with a pair of tongs. I'll be there. Seb stayed out a little longer than he should have been, playing with his classmates. He raced home, and as he was walking by the window outside, something caught his eye. Through the half-drawn curtains, he saw his mother and Matthias embracing. Seb's eyes widened, and he ducked his head under the sill. His mother and Matthias? His heart beat against his chest at the surprise. Sebastian pondered for a moment whether he should just walk away and come back later. But he was already late for dinner. His palms sweated as he jiggled the doorknob loudly. As he pushed open the door, he called out, I'm home. Sorry I'm late. Matthias and his mother greeted him happily, standing a few feet from each other. Seb pretended not to notice that they were partly out of breath. Sebastian was now a tall, handsome young man at the age of 15. Almost 16, mind you. His chestnut brown hair was shaggy. He only just managed to keep it over his eyes by brushing it aside every so often. He was still lean, but he was now graced with hard-earned muscles under his baggy shirts. Life was going well for the young man. His hunting and smithing had improved vastly, and he was nearing the end of his schooling with respectable marks. Seb slung his bow over his shoulder and shut the front door of his house. He often wondered why his mother and Matthias had never furthered the relationship past what Seb saw by accident that one day. Both of them were still single, and Matthias had a nice house to himself, without anyone to share it with. It was none of Seb's business, however. The spring air was cool and refreshing as he headed into the Vergolta forest. Later, as Seb exited the butcher with a few more gold coins in his pocket than when he entered, he gazed down the street. It was bustling with traders, and he caught sight of a beautiful young woman speaking to a smiling man who was leading against a wooden cart. He jogged down and across the street and slipped an arm around the maiden's waist. Hey, who's this? Seb asked, eyeing the young man. Fauna raised her eyebrows at Sebastian. This is Glenn. He's going to be handling some of my father's transports. Nice to meet you, Glenn. Seb shook his hand firmly, with his other arm still around Fauna's waist. Likewise, the young man looked thoroughly unimpressed at Sebastian's appearance, his smile gone. I'll talk to you later, Fauna. He tipped his flat cap slightly and stuffed his hands into his pockets as he walked away. Fauna shoved Seb with a grin. It's uncanny. How do you always show up when a guy is talking to me? It's a sixth sense. The young man smiled as he staggered at her push. Do you want to come over for dinner tonight? My father's home. I can't. Fauna brushed her silky, straight auburn hair over her shoulder. He doesn't have to know it's my house you're visiting. I'm sorry, Seb. The young woman folded her arms across her chest, aware that passers-by were eyeing the handsome couple curiously. All right. He smiled with a tinge of sadness. I'll see you around. He turned to his left and started to walk away. Wait. Fauna caught his hand, stopping him. You know I want to, right? I know. 
Sub squeezed her hand with a gentle grin and hurried off. He hadn't intended on running into his girlfriend, and he was late for work at the forge. Good morning, Seb, a town person called with a wave. Morning, Seb waved, not breaking his stride. He was almost at his destination when a farmer beckoned him over to his hay cart. Did you hear about the storm that's coming in? Seb shook his head and the farmer continued, It'll be here in a matter of days. Be sure that your traps are pulled in, or they'll get rusted. Thanks, I appreciate the info. Seb nodded gratefully and sped to the forge. He slid open the door halfway, letting some fresh air into his workspace. Matthias was already hard at work, sparks flying from the anvil. Morning, boss, he smiled and tied a thick leather apron up behind his back. I just heard a storm's coming in. Is there? The burly blacksmith wiped his brow. That means you won't be out hunting, so you'll have more time to spend here. That's right. Sebastian mumbled as he picked up a sledgehammer. Seb had other plans in mind. The night was partially clear, with scattered stars poking their way through dull gray clouds. The wind had picked up earlier that afternoon. A storm was most definitely on its way. Seb ran through the quiet streets of Deep Creek and hauled himself over a stone fence. He snuck through a beautifully kept garden, the veiled moonlight reflecting off of the lush green leaves. The young man crouched down between the edge of the garden and the stone house, looking up at one of the windows. After several minutes, Seb saw Fauna pass in front of it, and he stealthily climbed an arbor of ivy. He pushed himself up onto the slanted roof and tapped on her window. Fauna unlatched the window and opened it cautiously. Seb crept over, only having a foot of space between the sill and the edge of the roof. Seb, what did I tell you about this? Fauna hissed, looking back over her shoulder to check if the door was shut. I'm pretty sure you said do it as often as you can. I did not, Fauna smirked and leaned out of the window to kiss him. You're going to either get hurt or caught one of these days. Seb shrugged, one elbow over her windowsill and one leg dangling off the edge of the roof. You couldn't come to me, so I came to you. They kissed again, long and deep. As their lips parted, Sebastian caressed her cheek, her pale skin smooth and soft. Just in case I don't see you the day after next, happy birthday, Seb, she whispered, their faces still close. A surprised expression crossed his face. What? You didn't forget, did you? Fauna asked in disbelief. <laughs> Maybe. Seb laughed and scratched the back of his head. I've been a little busy. Fauna brushed her thumb over her boyfriend's lips. She gazed at him lovingly, appreciating his boorish good looks. You're always busy, Seb. You need to learn to take some time for yourself. I have time to myself, when I'm hunting. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Sebastian shrugged his broad shoulders, his shaggy brown hair tossed by the rising wind. Don't worry about me, sweetheart. Fauna felt a pang in her chest. The way he said sweetheart, so caring and gentle. Yet, the way he disregarded her concern, she didn't know whether to let herself be upset or be swept away by his calm voice. Fauna heard heavy footsteps of her father in the hallway outside of her door. Seb. I know. He smiled sweetly. Bye, Fauna. She grabbed the collar of his jacket before he could back away and planted a hasty kiss on his lips. 
With a grin, Sebastian hurried away from the window, descending down the ivy arbor and leaping to the ground. Were you speaking with someone? Fauna's father, Charles, opened her door and looked around suspiciously. No. Fauna shook her head. She hadn't had the time to shut the windows before her father entered. He strode over to the window, planted his hands on the sill, and poked his head out. However, not a soul was in sight. Thank you for listening to chapters one and two of A Dragon Tamer's Fable. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out a DTF podcast on Instagram. If you don't use Instagram and would still like to get in touch, email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons.